The following program is scheduled for one fall with a 60-minute time limit. This is Take 4 Wrestling with your hosts, Brian Kilby and J.T. Hogg. This is Take 4 Wrestling, episode 24. I am Brian Kilby, and with me, I have the man, the myth, the legend, the king of... What's your promotion called again? The Pro Wrestling Alliance. PWA, the king of PWA, J.T. Hogg. That's right. How's everybody doing? Do you have a crown? Yes. I have a crown and a cape. Have you posted any photos of that to Facebook? Uh, not yet. We will be getting it up here pretty soon. Yeah, fix that. I, I want to see that. I'm having my coronation uh, next, the first Saturday of next month. Ooh, it'll be awesome. I'll have all my buddies out in the ring with me, and they'll uh, present me with the crown and maybe read some speeches. Being a wrestler sounds like the greatest thing ever. I know it's not, but it, it certainly sounds like it. It's pretty fun, I have to admit. Of course, my uh, knee's still all banged up, I, but uh, it, I think it's worth it overall. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, so this week, um, I completely forgot that I banned uh, late 90s uh, attitude and attitude-ish era crap from the show. And uh, so we're talking about Royal Rumble 97. Uh, which, of course, is the first Royal Rumble that Steve Austin won. And uh, it's the, I say it's a lead-in, but gosh, it took months uh, before uh, Steve had that, um, oh, no, 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 I'm thinking, uh, it, no, it actually was. It actually was the lead-in because it was at WrestleMania when Steve had that awesome match with uh, Bret Hart at WrestleMania 13. Um, so it's a really important uh, bit of history, but, uh, man, it's kind of hard to watch. Uh but, you have to stick your hand through a lot of poop to get to the, the diamond. Yeah, that's true. Uh, but before we get to that, let's talk about our gimmick of the week. Uh, JT, what's our gimmick this week? The gimmick of the week this week is the goon. Oh, going right for it. Wow. <laughs> well, there's there's only one way you can talk about the goon, and that's just going right to it. And uh, the goon was a uh, around a 1996 to six to uh 97 character wasn't around very long um he was a hockey player who was kicked out of every league he ever participated in and um so he came to the wwf to enact his uh brand of justice who was the goon the goon was uh believe it or not uh bill Irwin from the long riders okay in uh awa and uh, he was a pretty decent wrestler, uh, but for some reason, I think the goon gimmick could have possibly worked. No, it couldn't. If it wouldn't have been for the skates uh, or the uh, the ice skates on the bottom of his boots, um, and the fact that he won by count out every time by because uh, his finishing move was actually like a body check up against the uh, steps. Um, no, but, this was this would never work. <laughs> Well, I think a hockey player just coming into wrestling, like a meat, big, mean, tough hockey player, and then he just wrestled. But I think they went a little too over the top on the goon stuff. I mean, at this point, at this point, uh, the United States didn't care about hockey, and it still doesn't very much. Uh, and at, this was a point when gimmicks were—I mean, they're still gimmicks, but yeah. they're kind of dying off. I just, I just don't see this ever working. I think if it was just a guy in a hockey jersey and he wrestled. Like he was kicked out of uh, hockey because he was too mean. Like uh, kind of like uh, what was that one movie with um, those three brothers, the Hanson brothers? Um, I don't know. I don't know. It it wasn't the singer of the Hansons, but um, Slapshot. Yeah, that's what it was. But uh, they were like because uh, a goon in uh, hockey is just a guy they send out just to rough people up, and he always fights. And uh, so he's not even necessarily like a good hockey player. Um, I don't know a whole lot about hockey, but this is just a guy that'll just knock your your uh, teeth out. I didn't. I didn't know so, what that meant. I didn't know that. You, I just learned something. Oh, there you go. Um, <laughs> I mean, I don't know much about it, but uh, I've seen a few movies on goon type players. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think if he just would have been like, hey, I got because if somebody got kicked out of the NFL for being too violent, I think Vince McMahon would snatch him up in a second. You know, and uh, but he wouldn't put him in probably full football gear to wrestle now, of course. Yeah. 
but uh that i think that was their mistake with the goon was uh giving them the because the ice skating boots are pretty dumb and of course he wore like the big thick gloves and uh um getting away with a hockey jersey wouldn't have been too bad but uh he was one of the also one of the rare guys like the berserker who won wanted to win by count out all the time and uh i thought that was i never understood that as a as a little young piglet yeah, me neither. why somebody would want to win by count out but um the goon uh got some spotlight a few times after he left wwf in uh, 2001 he was in the gimmick battle royal at wrestlemania 17 which i love i love that gimmick battle royal and then he was on the uh raw 15 anniversary uh, battle royal and he was eliminated by the repo man re 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 repo man that yeah that's awesome <laughs> our our very first inaugural gimmick of the week yeah actually absolutely right it's full circle man full circle okay well let's talk about uh royal rumble 1997 the reason that we're talking about this is because uh, are you sure you want to talk about it uh, man we got to uh this is the uh, 20th anniversary as of recording uh the royal rumble it will be airing tomorrow and oh my god so at least we only have to talk about the matches that actually aired on the pay-per-view there were two dark matches and a free-for-all match that we're not even going to have to get into oh see i didn't even know about that that's good yeah so actually i believe there was a uh an episode of the uh bruce pritchard uh something to wrestle with podcast uh that talked about a lot of this behind the scenes stuff primarily all of the um interaction with the uh trip with triple a apparently vince mcmahon at, at some point had toyed with the idea of buying triple a but either way uh wwf uh teamed up with triple a in san antonio texas and there were lots of triple a guys on the card so um but the actual pay-per-view started off with uh hunter hearst helmsley with mr hughes who we talked about recently and uh, gold dust and what a bland, boring match it was. Yeah, this one about wanted me to poke my eyes out. I mean, it's. I mean, it. It's certainly not. It. It wasn't a dog of a match. It just was not a good match. It just. It. It was. People talk about star rating. If two is average, I would put it in about one and a half or two. It's just nothing to write home about. Well, this. Uh, this show just kind of set me off right at the beginning of just kind of like rolled my eyes because going over like the boyhood dream and like the he left a boy and came back a man like talking about Shawn Michaels. He's still pretty much a boy at this point. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but there is a lot there was like a I know there was a lot of controversy about this show um with like what the attendance actually was and how many tickets they gave away for free and um because they ended up drawing about 60,000 people. Which is a ton of people. Yeah, especially at that time. But I think they were wanting a lot more. Um, How many people actually fit in the... This is the Alamo Dome, right? How many people actually fit in that? It looks like about 70,000. About 70,000 people. Okay. So, I mean, they did pretty good, especially for this time. Because you're looking at other pay-per-views, the attendance being like 2,000. It doesn't get that low, does it? Uh yeah, some of the some of them were pretty low, like in your houses point. and stuff like that. Yeah, like all those in your houses were. Oh God, fairly low. Uh, Five thousand, you know, like it's that's, around that time. Yeah, that seems reasonable. Because uh, um, this was a pretty dark time, I would say in WWF. Because this match right here just proves it. Because uh, it was just, um, I don't know. It was I just didn't care about it at all. This is a uh, post uh, NWO or at least a post Outsiders uh, era in the WWF, where WCW has really picked up steam and uh, they're taking taking uh, control. So yeah, it's it's not a good time to be in the WWF <laughs> in in nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, for some reason this match was sixteen minutes. God, and the thing that pisses me off about this is basically this was when Gold Dust. Uh, after Gold Dust, Dust turned face, and one way that one thing that solidified him turning face was by proclaiming himself to be not gay. <laughs> yeah, because Jerry Lawler was uh, asking him, and then Gold Dust like, no, it's, and punched him. And <laughs> it's, it's 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 a different time. Definitely different. I yeah, that's um, 
that's just so weird to me. But yeah, not a great match. Um, here's the thing I noticed, and this runs throughout the whole show. Um, wh- why in the hell don't these people get DQ'd for using like chairs and using the uh steps to get in the ring? Like they do all of this crap that today would just end the match. But there's they get so much leeway. It's ridiculous. Oh yeah, that's what uh, all night it, I was thinking. What what's going on with the rules? Like they were just because Goldust was using steps within the first two minutes. Yes, and um, it it's almost like these two guys were just trying to go out and steal the show, and they didn't. But they made I mean, maybe they did. Like my favorite match on the whole card, uh, honestly, was uh, it had Vader in it. And he would. So I mean, that, that 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 can't that can't speak too well. Not that Vader, not that Vader is uh, was bad, but by this point he wasn't great. So, uh, yeah, uh, nothing nothing to write home about in 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 this first match with uh, Hunter Hearst Holmesley um, and Gold Dust. Uh, they they what? go ahead. I like how they just kept bringing up how um, Gold Dust was really good at of a mind game player. I was thinking to myself, what? How is he a good mind game player? He just acted like he wanted to kiss the guy. It's uh, not like he was like setting up little things. It was it, well. I mean, a different time. Uh, and <laughs> prior to this, uh, when Gold Dust first debuted, he was definitely somebody that uh, was like with uh, Razor Ramon, and didn't he wrestle Rowdy Roddy Piper? Uh, yeah, and then uh, Roddy Piper stripped him down, and he was wearing like. Uh, Negligee. Yeah. Uh, like at that point, I mean, I would say, yeah, definitely he, he could play mind games. But by the time he, by the time they had this face turn and everything, uh, they had really um, muted his character. Yeah. Um, I can't, was this, this was that before he started coming out like to the weird remix of his music and he was with Luna. And uh, do you remember that era of Gold Dust? No, I don't. He was wearing like green and it was just, the character didn't have a long shelf life uh, to be over, even though it's been around for over 20 years now. Can you believe Gold Dust is over 20 years old? Definitely over 20 years old. It's crazy. Yeah, it's uh, – <laughs> I don't – but uh, yeah, they just keep sticking him down your throat. He's actually in the best shape he's ever been right now. Just about. So, uh, except for when he was, like, really young. Well, yeah, uh, very early on. Very early on. Uh, <laughs> next match, uh, I it's act- it was actually better than I expected because Ahmed Johnson was terrible. Uh, it was Ahmed Johnson uh, against Farouk. The crowd could care less about this, uh, uh, the Nation of Domination, when they first came out. Yeah, and let's see here. I remember in the promo for this, uh, Todd Pettengill, I guess it was, was talking about how in 1996, Ahmed Johnson became a superstar. I'm like, really? Yeah. Um, I'll say this though, like, I don't have a, a lot to say about this match. It, it was a lot, it was not the train wreck that I would have expected, but, uh, Ahmed got, I guess it was Farouk in that Pearl River plunge on the table, uh, the, uh, the French table with, uh, talking about the Rougeaus, uh, yeah. but, but he did it and he, but he left the monitors on the table. Yeah, they didn't. He didn't pick the monitors he up like take, that. He didn't. That was like that was reckless. <laughs> well, Ahmed Johnson, I think, was known for being reckless. He uh, he was not a good wrestler by any means, and he no, was no, he awful was awful. He was, in this awful. Match. he was awful. Um, well, I it wasn't uh, Farouk that he did that to. It was one of the uh, Nation guys. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember who it was. He did it to somebody. Yeah, so so it didn't really matter if they he got hurt or anything. Oh, that's awful. But, but yeah, uh, Ahmed was just, um, he was unsafe to work with. And from what, for apparently what everybody says, I don't know him personally, but, um, he also got blown up really quick. Oh yeah. Look at him. Um, uh, and he was like putting his hand, every time he put his hands on his hips, he was gasping for air. Um, being one big out of shape guy to another. I know I can tell when somebody's blown up. Yes, I don't think it's that he's out of shape. It's just he's one gigantic walking muscle. Yeah. And he's all. And he, 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 he didn't do any cardio. Yeah. Like, so uh, I, watching this, I'd forgotten that Wolfie D existed. <laughs> I did too, yeah. But, I forgot about those guys. But, uh, but like, uh, one of my all-time favorite guys from this era was was in the nation, which is D'Lo Brown. I love D'Lo Brown. Do you know D'Lo? I do not. 
I've I, never come across him. I, I loved him so much. He was so great. Uh, but Ahmed won this match. Um, if for, for what it was, it was bad, but it was not as bad as I expected. Yeah, he won by DQ after yeah. bringing in belts and chairs, and God. I guess the ref finally had enough. Yeah, not good. Um, next match was Vader uh, against the Undertaker, and Vader actually went over, um, which surprised me honestly, uh, given Vader's um, stance with the company. Uh, he just never. Never had the impact that was expected. Uh, but well, it was, yeah, it was, he was killed by Shawn Michaels right off the bat, pretty yeah, much. It, it was a pretty good match. Uh, well, the, Vader was actually supposed to, this was supposed to be Shawn versus Vader. Yeah. In the main event. But um, of course, Shawn is a little, oh, we'll get to that later. Uh, Shawn uh, didn't want to work with Vader. And uh, so Vader got to work with The Undertaker, which isn't a bad uh, second deal, but. Um, I mean, it wasn't a bad match either. It's just, I don't know, like the whole night just wasn't, I don't know, it just wasn't good. I, I, I guess technically the best match on the card was probably the AAA six-man tag, which I still did not care about at all. Oh, no, I didn't like that at all. Um, I was just watching this, and then uh, after watching like the Madison Square Garden stuff, and I was thinking neither one of these two guys are as impressive as the big boss, man. Which, which two guys? Uh, Vader and Undertaker. Uh, Big Boss Man was awesome. <laughs> That's why I, I was watching. I was just like, you know what, Big Man, Big Boss Man was better than both these guys. I, I I don't know if Big Boss Man is better than the Undertaker when they're both their best. I mean, depends what you mean. If you talk about talk about just specifically their in ring work, yeah, Boss Man's probably better. Yeah, uh, but Taker can, but Taker's a different. He has a different pace. He's a different style. Um, he's not as explosive. Uh, as boss man, uh, but he uh, he has a presence that the boss man didn't have. But the boss man is awesome. Don't get me wrong; he's freaking I'm awesome. A, I'm a fan of Vader. Like I've always liked Vader. Of course, this wasn't his best work. No, but I don't know. Like the Undertaker has always been kind of boring to me. I've uh, I like the Undertaker. Um, there's a few periods I like the Undertaker when he first came in, and I used to like the Ministry stuff until I rewatched it. It's terrible. <laughs> but uh, pretty much when he first came in was, I think, my favorite period of The Undertaker. And everything else is just kind of boring. I mean, it really depends on who he's wrestling. If he's wrestling Shawn Michaels, he's going to put on a great match. If he's wrestling Mick Foley, he's going to put on a great match. Um, there's a lot of guys he, he can put on a really great match with. Um, yeah. But, of course, you know, Mick Foley and Shawn Michaels also are great wrestlers. Uh, but let's see here. Uh, Vader got a Vader bomb in on... Uh, the Undertaker close about two thirds of the way through the match. Um, it just didn't look good. Did you notice that? It just. Oh yeah, that was bad. It, 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 like it didn't look like it hurt the Undertaker. It just looked. It just looked sloppy. Yeah. Um, Vader was. I think Vader. Pro- he was a little sloppy in the ring. Um, even though I still liked him, he's just. He was kind of reckless and kind of sloppy a little bit from most of his matches was this was this at just vader at this point or would you say that's vader in general uh i think vader was a little dangerous to work with um like his whole entire career but definitely got sloppier towards as he got more out of shape yeah and um because he was still trying to do that stuff that he was doing before but he just didn't have the power or the strength anymore yeah and um so this was de- like, I think, I don't know if it had something to do with uh, him getting the wind knocked out of him as soon as he came to WWF, why he just kind of went downhill. But unfortunately, Vader's full potential was never reached. And if it would have been like the Vader that wrestled Ric Flair at Starcade, whole different story. Yeah. Because um, yeah. he was a monster, unbeatable. But once a little guy like Shawn Michaels just beat him like that, it was done. You know what, you know what I love, though? As much of a monster as Vader was, he was still afraid of Harley Race. Har- <laughs> Harley Race being a fairly old man at that point, Vader knew that Harley <laughs> Race would have killed him if he wanted to. I love Harley Race. Harley Race, he, I'm still scared of him, and he's probably in a wheelchair right he, now, I think. I, he is, yeah. Or he was. Uh, Harley yeah. Race is so awesome. <laughs> I love the spot uh, at the end where uh, uh, Paul Bearer jumped off the apron to hit Undertaker with the urn. Yeah. He about killed himself. Yeah, because <laughs> he hit, and then he like, fell. and they kept showing it on replay. 
he shouldn't probably do that. Yeah, it was it was pretty funny. Uh, but yeah, uh, Undertaker lost. Uh, the Vader got out of the ring, left the Undertaker and the ref, and Undertaker took the loss out on the ref. And then he went over and uh, broke kayfabe by talking to Vince McMahon. Uh, it's not the first. That that was the first time that happened tonight, but uh, not the last. Yeah, and that was good. That's that's uh, signs to come of the future era. It sure is. Uh, okay, next match uh, was Hector Garcia, Pero Aguayo, and uh, Connick. Is it Connick? Uh, versus Jerry Estrada, Heavy Metal, and uh, where's uh, Guerrera? Uh, it was. They kept calling him Connect. Yeah, it, this was. Uh, this what I what, so I, I basically just did what Vince did. Vince was trying to call the the match, and whoever was in the ring, and he would get stuff backwards because Vince didn't know. He didn't know any of that crap. He had uh, no idea. But this was one of the matches that uh, they got in the agreement with uh, AAA. Um, and it was, I, even for this time, I would not say it was one of the more exciting uh, Luchador matches that I've ever watched. It's, it was a very generic six-man tag. Nothing, nothing stuck out to me about this. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, uh, there's that, was it Pero Aguera? I mean, he was pretty old. Yeah. He, I think he's in the 60s in this match. And um <laughs> He just—he uh, looked a lot like Gypsy Joe to me. I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of I, Gypsy Joe. I don't know Gypsy Joe. He was like the—he um, was like the world's oldest wrestler. No, oh, he. Would, I just—I just checked his uh, wiki. He would have been fifty-one at this point. Oh wow! Wow. Okay. Well, I was wrong about that. It's not far off though. <laughs> he. Uh, yeah, this match like it—it it didn't seem like the crowd gave no craps about this match. They didn't. And it really proves that hot uh, high spots. Without psychology, pointless. Unless you are an ECW, then it's what you expect. Oh yeah, well that's a different. It's a different brand, but yeah, yeah definitely the hot. I mean, it was just it was a boring match to me, um, just because it didn't tell any type of uh, story or anything. It was just a bunch of guys in there doing flips and moves. Well, here, and here's the thing for me: like, if I'm not invested in the characters or the storyline, it doesn't mean a lot. So I just watched the. Um, Okada Omega match from Wrestle Kingdom 11, which I'm certain you heard you heard about, right? Yeah. Did you watch it? No, no. It's a I'm... it's a great match, but you know what? It's I, I, this is what I said on Twitter. It's a great match, and I cannot fault anyone who watched it for saying it's the greatest match they've ever watched. But I can't. You know why? Because it didn't feature Ric Flair. It didn't have Bobby Heenan, and there were no fireballs. Yeah, like if if it had one of those things, <laughs> one of those things, I might have been more invested. It was a great match. Uh, there was a couple of stupid spots in it that they just didn't need to do, uh, like uh, the what was it, the uh, dragon suplex or whatever they did off of um, the the top rope, uh, whatever move it was. It was it was it, it was dangerous. It was. It was just dangerous. And there were a couple other spots, like a missile drop kick off the top rope to the back of the head uh, on, on Okada. Um, just looked bad. Uh, but all in all, it was a really, really great match. And if that match had featured, um, I don't know, AJ Styles and John Cena or, or uh, Cesaro and AJ Styles, somebody that I was actually invested in, I would have enjoyed it more. But I'm I, I really loved Okada. Uh, people keep talking about how great AJ Styles is. Okada, uh, I mean, it's kind of like Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels. You, you're not going to have that like Iron Man match with you know Shawn Michaels and Vader or Shawn Michaels and somebody else. You still have to have Bret Hart there, who really carries the match. Uh, when you have other some the other person doing all the spots, um, it was it was great. But um, I wasn't invested in it, just like this six-man tag. I was not invested in any of these people. Uh, I could have fast-forwarded through it, and honestly, I probably would have been happier. Yeah, um, yeah. About the like the Kenny Omega and what, who was it? Okada. Yeah, it's just like those. I those guys don't mean absolutely anything to me. Okada's in, uh, so here's one of the things you can sort of you can sort of get into the characters a little bit. Like if you go to a show that you've never been to before, just by like how they yeah. carry themselves. Their psychology, their entrance. Okada's entrance was freaking awesome. Oh god, it was freaking awesome. 
he has like it, it rained what they called ukata dollars, which was basically it's confetti, but it's it's dollars like ten thousand dollars like fake money, but it has his face on it. And the way he just ste- stepped into the ring and then showed flashed the belt and everything, he he is awesome. And Omega is awesome too. It, it kind of pains me to say that because I was in the past not a very big fan, but he did a, <laughs> he did a phenomenal job in that match. Well, maybe I'll watch it and give my opinion. <laughs> it's uh, I mean, it's probably not going to be great because Kenny Omega wrestled a blow up doll and a little eight year old girl. Yeah, so I, I'm yeah. kind of on the Jim Cornette school for that. Uh, yeah, me too. Me too. Because uh, there's so many like dealing on the independent circuit, there are so many guys out there that wrestling like they they act like they take it seriously. They're like, oh, you you need to get uh, trained and oh yeah, all this and but then they do like stupid crap that shows that uh, wrestling's a work. You know, like you can't you can't have it both ways and. um they they always joke about things. Nothing's ever serious. Uh, they cut horrible promos, like talking about, like uh, I'll give you an example of a bad promo. Like if a uh, and there's a lot of guys out there today that do these promos like this. Um, say they're wrestling uh, Joe Blow. Um, he's like October 24th. You know, Joe, me and you, we've had a lot of matches together. We've been in the back a lot. And uh, we work really well together, and we're going to go out there and put on a good show. And we're going to entertain the crowds. You know me. I know you. We've been up and down the road together. As opposed to, like me, I'm saying, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick your butt. I don't care what kind of show we put on, just as long as I win. I'm in this for the money. You know, like, uh, they. it's just like you're not in, you shouldn't be in wrestling, like, to put on a good show, uh, you should be, you know, what I'm talking about like in uh kayfabe ways, it should be about winning the match. Yes. So when you're cutting promos, you're talking about winning the match, not putting on a good show. You're exactly right. And, uh, that just, it's about, it, well, it's, it's about entertaining the fans too. I mean, admittedly, yeah. I mean, it's about fans getting their money's worth. I think, I think there's a fine line you can walk there. Uh, where but in character, it shouldn't be about entertaining the fans. It should be about winning. So like, uh, I mean, you should be like, I love entertaining the fans. That's one of my favorite things to do. But if I was in a real fight, I want to win that fight in 10 seconds. You know, like I want to win it as quick as possible, but I don't care if it's pretty. But with that being said, you also want in winning the fight in 10 seconds, you want to have a spectacular, you want to give something to fans that the fan, something that the fans will remember. And like just a 10 second blow away is something that the fans would remember. Like, when um uh when uh, at, at the uh, last uh, UFC show when um Ronda Rousey lost to Amanda Nunez uh Amanda Nunez beat the hell out of Ronda Rousey oh yeah and it's it something bad. and it was something I will never forget she did it in spectacular fashion fans were entertained um if somebody if somebody uh if somebody shows off during a match like hey look at me I'm you know, uh, taunting the other person, thinking, going back to maybe some of the stuff with Muhammad Ali, uh, like, yeah. you know, like, you know, what's my name? You know, that was a, that was sort of a personal thing, but also it was it was there for the fans to uh, it, it gave them something to remember, something people will never forget. There's there's a there's yes, you want to win in a shoot in a shoot setting. But if you are at the top, uh, if you are the if you feel that you're the best wrestler, the best fighter, the best boxer in the world. You want to show off how good you are. Yeah, I see what you're saying there. Um, but it, uh, but yeah, in a promo like that, um, like I, I just don't think that you should be bringing up stuff like we've been in the back together and we've been up and down the road, unless you're like a tag team that's breaking up or something. And so many of these guys do it, and they'll also do things to entertain themselves, like. Um, there's a match on the end of uh, some independent show where the guy pulled an air horn out of his uh, tights and blew it off in the guy's ear. Well, then they were being real. Like he was like, he, uh, in the middle of the match, he'd be like, what? I can't hear you. What spot are we doing next? You know, like, uh, cause he couldn't hear the spots cause he got his, um, a wit, uh, air gun in his ears. And, uh, that just like stuff like that irritates the crap out of me when they do like that. 
where they'll be like, what spot do we do now? You know, oh, God, um, or there, the, the match was in slow motion. Um, that drove me nuts. There was a match where the, the guy threw a fake grenade and they all sold it. Oh, you know, God. It's just like, it's like, come on, man, like have some respect for yourself and what you're doing for what the guys did before you, you know, I mean, what would Harley race do if you threw a fake grenade at him? He would punch He'd him shoot in the you face. with a real gun. Yeah. <laughs> punch him in the face. Hey, yeah. can we go out of sequence here? Can we just skip to, uh, let's skip over the Royal Rumble and come back at the end. We'll yeah, talk, that's fine. Uh, okay, let's talk about the uh, Psycho Sid versus Shawn Michaels match. And I pinged you before on, uh, I messaged you on Facebook. And I said, I can't believe I'm sitting here watching a Psycho Sid match. Um, yeah, this uh, wasn't a great match. Oh no! It was not a great match at all. It, um, it sucked, and like, and Shawn Michaels is the greatest wrestler of his generation, and oh, even he, yeah, he he is, and even <laughs> he, he was a terrible person, especially at this point. But uh, oh god, he's a terrible person. But when it came to in ring ability, there's nobody that touched him, uh, and even he couldn't really squeeze a good match out of Sid. See, I don't, I don't agree that he was the best in any measure or fashion. Um, Shawn Michaels, like, uh, I, I don't like Shawn Michaels at all. I never liked him. Like, this isn't something that I've developed later in life. I never could stand him. He was like a, a little skinny, pretty boy stripper trying to act tough. And he held back so many other wrestlers because of his attitudes. I, I he was and a ter- terrible person. Terrible person. The reason person. why WWF was in the position it was in was because of him. Because, um, of course, he wouldn't work with Vader because Vader pulled his hair too tight. Um, he didn't. He refused to do jobs. Yes, he did. I'm, he, I'm not disagreeing, but he's still the yeah. best. He was still, like, in the ring, the best wrestler in the world. And at, at he's this point. one of the top ten worst drawing champions of all time in yeah. WWE. Yeah. Yeah, I would not uh, disagree with that. He didn't draw, uh, so he wasn't good. Neither did Bret, neither, neither Bret Hart, but Bret Hart was great. I just I I I can't stand Shawn Michaels. Everything about him, because like this, like his excuse tonight was that he had a degree fever. He had the flu. He had the flu. He had the flu. Like, oh, shut up! Just be a man. Like, and then he came out trying to look all tough, wearing that cowboy hat and the little glitter top. Um, he just he he makes me sick. So quite he, frankly, here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> I try not to be biased. Yeah. So. uh I try to I try to be as rational as I can. So like, say a political candidate, say somebody's in office, and I say I disagree with their politics, and you know um, that I didn't vote for the person, whatever. But at the end of their term, if they did a good job, I can say they did a good job instead of where yeah. instead of where most people are like, you know, hey, well, bye, you know, go away. It's like, wow, they actually did a really good job, <laughs> all things considered. I didn't vote for them, and I, I, but I respect that they did an awesome job. I think Shawn Michaels was an awful human being, but yeah. but his matches were phenomenal because he could he he had great psychology. He was in phenomenal shape. He was highly athletic. Uh, I don't he, know. I just didn't believe anything from him ever. Like it it wasn't believable that he was tough. Like to me, he didn't have. To, so it's not the thing when you say tough, you don't like. I when it's like comparing Muhammad Ali again to Rocky Marciano. Rocky yeah. Mar, Mar, Rocky Marciano is tough. Muhammad Ali was smart and he he was athletic. Uh if it's not like it's not like somebody is asking you to do like a, you know, world's strongest man competition. Uh if you can if you can outthink and outrun uh your opponent, uh if you can if you can make me believe that you're going to uh, that given the skills and assets that you have, it's it's like uh, it's like Shawn Michaels versus uh, Ahmed Johnson. Shawn Michaels is not going to beat Ahmed Johnson, you know, in an arm wrestling yeah. match. Uh, but Shawn Michaels <clears throat> could run circles around him. Could you know faster? Uh, you know, maybe has better ring instincts. Uh, there, there's many full reasons why Shawn Michaels could beat most of these people. It's not like it's not like they ever put him against Andre the Giant, but they set Shawn Michaels up. To conceivably be able to beat whoever, and this, uh, and in this match, um, I mean, he nailed Sid like uh, with a freaking camera. Uh, so I mean, it's 
I mean, it's not it's not like it's not like he came out and you know overpowered Sid. It's not how he beat him. It's he beat him in a conceivable, realistic way, semi-realistic. Well, he I I a lot of times though they portrayed him as being like uh, he uh, pretty much no sold that power bomb the outside in this match. I mean, he, like, he, 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 like, I, he, he's, he was a bad, he was a bad person at this point. He yeah. didn't, he didn't want to, he didn't want to look weak. Uh, he didn't, he didn't want to do it, do any jobs. Totally got that, but he could go in the ring. That's like, uh, cause I always look at it as, cause I have a, I have one of my friends. He's a big Shawn Michaels fan. Uh, and always has been like, he had the Shawn Michaels jean jacket in high school. And I was like, you know what? You, that's why you don't have girlfriends. Because <laughs> you're wearing that. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I mean, there, but there, there's a limit to that. Like, um, gosh, we're talking about uh, the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks are so small. Like, I cannot take them. I, they look like high school kids or middle school kids. I can't take them uh, seriously, like, in a match against, like, a full-grown adult. But Shawn yeah. Michaels was still, like, six foot, six one. Something like that. So he was big enough to where he, it's like, it was conceivable that he could be just about anybody else. It, it, but compared to everybody, compared to people in his generation, you know, he was a smaller guy, but now he would be a bigger guy. Oh, yeah. He would definitely fit in a lot yeah, better now. I, yeah, just which check, I blame I, him for that, too. Yeah. Well, possibly. <laughs> I just checked the, I just checked Wikipedia. He's 6'1 and 225 pounds. That would not be a small guy today. No. He just, like, um, I look like when I like what I take into consideration for like uh, like it, this should be interesting like on our mount uh, when we talk about our Mount Rushmore. Um, I take like everything that ma- like indicate like wrestling skill is probably only about twenty five to thirty percent of what I take into it because I believe wrestling's like more about the work like the total work um, how much you draw how much. Like that you're over, uh, like every, uh, what kind of a presence you give off. Um, and I don't think like Shawn Michaels, I just don't think he earned anything that he got. And he was the reason why WWF went through so much of a dark time. And I always say, thank God he got hurt (laughs) after, uh, not too long after this, because there would, I don't think there would have been an Austin, Oh no, he no. Or or a rock. Cuz the rock didn't like him either. No, the rock didn't like him. And I if he wouldn't have got hurt, we would have never had those guys the way we did. I mean, we would have had Austin, but not to the point cuz Shawn Michaels just refused to do what was best for yes, everybody. He only cared about himself. Well, may so things might have worked differently. Um, yeah. Brett may have not have jumped ship because maybe they maybe they would have had money to pay. We'd all be speaking WCW right now. Yeah, we'd all be speaking <laughs> WCW. That's great. I love that. Okay, so uh, but yeah, so uh, not a great match. Uh, uh, wish 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 I could undo selecting this for that reason because I <laughs> I cannot stand Psycho Sid matches, but it is what it is. Let's yeah, jump. Sid Sid's not. I like Sid, but he was never that good. Uh, never, like, never good. A couple all. minute matches. He's good to go, but he, he's a master in the ruler of the world. Okay. Let's talk about the Royal rumble, uh, which in my mind should be the main event for any Royal rumble pay-per-view. Oh yeah, definitely. I, I hate it when they put, uh, a match after Royal rumbles. It's like, I'm done watching. Uh, how do you want to talk through this? So I'm looking at the list right now. Uh, do you want to talk through the entrance or, uh, just important? Uh, I think we could probably just, I got them all written down. Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, I was, okay. The first person in the ring was crush. And, uh, the second, uh, who started with him was Ahmed Johnson. And, and uh, yeah, this was, I saw this and I was like, oh yeah, uh, WWF has a really bad roster at this point. I mean, they had, they had to be, supp- they had to be supplemented with uh, triple a wrestlers and fake wrestlers, but we'll get to that later on. And they were only doing a, a minute and a half um, in between, too, not the typical two minutes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, third guy in was a Fake Razor. Fake Razor, yeah. And he was only, I forgot about the Fake Razor. Yeah, he was only in there for like 20 seconds or so. He wasn't in there very long. And they had uh, uh, they didn't have any music for him, and the clock wasn't working by this point. Yeah, that's, that's great. 
That uh, really takes the uh, smoke out of it when the clock doesn't work. Yeah, I know. Uh, God, hopefully that. I mean, that's not different time, but uh, I don't expect that'll happen this year. Uh, <laughs> fourth guy in was your one of your favorites, uh, Phineas I. Goblin. Right. Saving Grace. <laughs> Saving Grace. That's awesome. <laughs> I hate the uh, hillbilly stock music they use. Oh, God, it's awful. Thank you. I I was worried that you were going to say that you like that. (laughs) Oh, I forgot to uh, in the going back to the Mexican six man tag. Mm -hmm. I forgot to talk. Did you notice that they piped in crowd noise? Uh, So at the end, I don't like it's hard to say since it's in a dome. uh, Acoustics work differently. I didn't notice. Oh, it was definitely uh, it was. I think it was definitely piped in. You have to go back and look at it because. It only started when they started playing the music, which was covering up um, whatever music they originally played, because it was like that fake stock music. And then the crowd noise was definitely stock crowd noise. That's awesome. Um, I thought that was interesting. So I was trying to hear if they use it the rest of the night. I don't think they did, but um, I think uh, I'd like to know how much editing WWF does on like their uh, shows. That'd be interesting to find out, because I know they do it. Like they'll edit fan reactions and mm-hmm. stuff. Oh yeah. Into it. So I'd like to I'd like to know how that process works. But getting back to the uh bad hillbilly stock yeah, music. It was it was bad. Yeah. Fifth guy in, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He That's might right. he might he might be around for a while. Uh yeah, he's in this for a while. Uh <laughs> he uh, I guess the first person he eliminates was Phineas or was it Bart Gunn? It was Phineas, the son of a yeah, so uh, he 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 throws Phineas out. Bart Gunn comes in, and honestly, it'd been so long since I saw Bart Gunn uh, that I forgot who it was for a second. He, but he wasn't in there very long. Was this before or after Brawl for All? This was before, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, because Henry was still uh, Godwin at this time. Yeah, so uh, Bart Gunn came out, wasn't in very long. Steve Austin uh, eliminated him. Uh, Jake Roberts came out, and Jake and, uh, of course, and uh, Steve Austin, um, they had their, was it 95 or 96, King of the Ring? I guess King of the Ring 96. Yeah. Uh, which yeah, would have been six months or so before, because I think that was the June pay-per-view. Um, Steve beat uh, Jake Roberts. Uh, I was worried they were going to step on the snake. I always worry about that, honestly. That concerned me. <laughs> the poor little snakes in that bag, and he has no idea what's going on here. Exactly. And all these loud noises. Exactly. Uh, but Jake comes out uh, not long before uh, Steve Austin eliminates him. Uh, next guy to the ring was the British Bulldog. Yeah, the um, one of the guys that uh, has always done very well in Royal Rumbles. Yeah, but uh, not as well this year, but or on this one, but he's always usually in there for a while. Yeah, uh, not a huge Bulldog fan, so. Uh, but yeah, he so he kind of bores me to be honest. So I, I don't have any, I don't have any commentary on the bulldog. <laughs> I know that I, I like bulldog. I've always liked him. He's okay. Um, I just like his look. He's got a good look. Uh, ninth guy in. I don't even remember him coming in. He was one of the luchadors. Is Pieroth. 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 I had his. Uh, I bought his figure at the dollar store. Really? Yeah, they had those triple A like big hunks of plastic. And I had no idea who he was, but I bought him because it was a wrestler. That's awesome. Uh, the Sultan, the uh, 10th man in the ring. Yeah, uh, the Sultan was uh, Fatu. Uh, it's, yeah, Rikishi. Mm-hmm. And then um, after that was uh, No Yob Mil Mascaris. <laughs> what did you hear the No Yob story? Did you listen to the, <laughs> did you listen to the uh, Something to Wrestle With episode? Yeah. yeah God, that's, saying, no yob, no that's yob. such a great story. Def- definitely go back and check <laughs> out the Something to Wrestle With episode on uh, of where they talk about um, where <laughs> Bruce Pritchard and Conrad Thompson talk about uh, Royal Rumble '97. That that story's phenomenal. Uh, but yeah, it, I've th- told my uh, I've told my promoter that a few times because he listens to he'll uh, he'll be like, "What do you want to do tonight?" I'll be like, "No job, no job." Uh, but it's so it's so <laughs> funny that Mel was so against jobbing that he actually eliminated himself. Yeah, well, he no sold the belly to belly suplex from the Sultan. I was like, you don't want to know Sal Samoan. No. You don't care who you are. Nope. That is absolutely <laughs> true. Uh, let's see here. Uh, our next uh, entrant was uh, Triple H. Triple H, the man that's uh, really hurt wrestling. You notice that his physique was a lot different back then. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, weird. It, it's weird. Uh, Owen Hart came in next. 
Good old Owen Hart. Love Owen Hart. Awesome. God, I loved Owen Hart. Uh, the only fault that I ever had with Owen Hart was that Tombstone pile driver. Well, actually, it wasn't a Tombstone. I guess it wasn't a Tombstone pile driver, was it? It was uh, just a pile driver. Um, it was. Well, it was like it was like a reverse reverse falling pile pile driver. I yeah, think that's, that's the technical my, name. That's my only fault that I've ever had with Owen Hart. He was so great. Yeah. God, it, the world would have been a better place if he had if he, if that hadn't happened. So. Well, I mean, Austin, that was a little Austin's fault too. Uh, um, he had his arms wrapped around Owen. He wasn't in position for it either. If uh, Austin would have had his hands, because um, I think what Austin thought he was going to do was like the tombstone, like the Undertaker. Yeah. But Owen did the sit down, which you need to have your hands on mm-hmm. the guy's thighs. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it was just unfortunate. Just yeah, because Owen's done. He did the move a thousand times without hurting somebody. Yeah. So. That's, just unfortunately just really messed steve austin up mm-hmm. uh next guy out was gold dust and it wasn't long after he came in that he eliminated triple h yep and i still didn't care yeah uh uh next guy was uh, a luchador that i cannot pronounce the name they, so, they were oh, it, was, it, was, it was cybernetico but they were calling it like Cybernetico or something. Like they were saying something weird how they were talking about it. I, I, so I was looking at it written down here, and I'm like, "Oh, that's Cybernetico." But I was looking at it and just like I, like no, I, I know Cybernetico. So yeah, <laughs> uh, just it's funny. Uh, Mark Marrow was next. Uh, let's not a, not a big fan of Mark Marrow. Yeah, not much you can stay there. Yeah, I I, I liked him better as uh, Johnny B. Bad, and that's really sad, but it's true. Uh, I la- think this is where Mascaris. Uh, eliminated himself, and um, I guess it's better to look stupid than it is to get eliminated in a competition. I guess so. Uh, <laughs> uh, another luchador, Latin lover, came out next. The Latin lover, uh, and he was swiftly eliminated uh, by Farouk once Farouk got into the ring. Who was next? Yeah, the uh, most of the uh, luchadors did not do very well. I remember at this time watching this pay per view, thinking, "Man." WCW must have got all the good luchadors. <laughs> yeah, that's true. These are all like the leftovers. Uh, the next three guys to come out uh, were all thrown out in quick su- succession. Uh, we had uh, Savio Vega, uh, Brian Armstrong, a.k.a. Jesse James. and Double uh, J. Yeah, <laughs> the real Double J. <laughs> uh, but my favorite point in the in the whole thing was when Steve Austin did the, like, you know, just like, hey, I'm I'm here. You know, I I'm awesome. He was doing. Didn't he check his? He checked his uh, wrist. Yeah, he was checking his clock, sitting up on the, uh, on the turnbuckle. Turnbuckle, and then Bret Hart's music played, and just the look on Steve Austin's face was so freaking great. Oh I, yeah, that was perfect. That is my favorite moment from the entire show. I love that so much. Um, but uh, Bret and Steve uh, go at it. Uh, it's just basically them at this point. Um, the next, the, the next, uh, uh, wrestler, uh, we learn is Jerry Lawler and he comes up from the announce table and Brett just throws him out. Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, they repeated this with JBL a few years later, but of course the original is always the best in jail. I mean, and if you got to compare Jerry Lawler to JBL, I mean, when it comes to being a wrestler, Jerry Lawler, <laughs> Jerry Lawler's uh, just a little bit better, just a tinge. Um, if you think about it, there really wasn't that many actual WWF guys in the Royal Rumble this year on this show. Compared to <laughs> like speaking. active roster guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, next guy, Glenn Jacobs, who at this point was fake diesel. Fake diesel. What do you think about those when they get those guys debuted? Uh, I thought it was the stupidest thing ever. Oh, you would be right. <laughs> it was, well, luckily we got Kane out of it. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like it's not like fake diesel hadn't been there before. I mean, he was all, before this. He was Isaac Yankum, right? Yeah. And before that, yeah, he so we moved uh, up a little bit. And before that, he was uh, what was he in the Christmas creature? Yes. Uh, gosh, I can't think of his gimmick. <laughs> in what was it? USWA. Oh, Unibomb. Unibomb. Unibom. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was great. Uh, Terry Funk was next. I love Terry Funk. Oh uh, yeah, Terry, I love seeing Terry. Terry, Funk anyway. Terry Funk's probably not my top four. We're we're going to be talking about uh, our uh, Mount Rushmore next week, but he's in my top ten all time. Yeah, he's he's climbing up the mountain like he's on the side there someplace. Yeah. Um. <laughs> uh. After Terry Funk, uh, it was Rocky Maya Via. 
The future megastar. The future most popular star on Earth. And at this point, that would have farthest thing from anybody's mind. I saw something in him. I remember when he debuted, I was like, he's going to be the next megastar. Well, he, was the me- he was the next megastar after next. Yeah. Well, yeah. See, I... When I back then though I hated Austin. I love Steve Austin because he. I was like, why are people cheering this bad guy? I love. Like Steve I was still Austin. kind of in my white hat phase. I uh, <laughs> as I get older, I think I, I, I'm more refined, so I <laughs> respect him a little bit more. But when I was a when I was a kid, I hated him. I especially loved his stuff in WCW uh, when he was one of the Hollywood Blondes. He was such a good wrestler. Uh, and, uh, once he, once he was in WWF and really captured that, uh, Stonehold Steve Austin character, I mean, he was just, he was just the best. Uh, Mankind was next. Um, when he was still cool, Mankind. Yeah. Another, another guy, he probably, we probably didn't expect that would go as far as he did. Um, I really, I really love and respect Mick Foley. So I, it was really nice to see him. I like uh I, I really enjoyed uh Mankind, this mankind, like the, the heel. before he started wearing the suits and stuff. Yeah. Because he was uh I was just such an interesting character for the time. Um he had different uh entrance music and exit music. Um like it was like the his entrance was this uh real creepy song and then the exit music was uh piano music to like that he a song that he wrote for his mother that calmed him down. Like just an amazing, um, amazing character, and uh, like mankind, uh, uh, Mick Foley. I think over the last couple of years has kind of made me sad. I've lost some respect for him because uh, because of just because some of the stuff he says on like Facebook and Twitter, um, like when he was like uh, br- uh, uh, talking about like when he went out and smashed his TV with Daniel Bryan. And then, like when he gets back into the company, he gets he talks about how the fans just need to respect what's going on, you know. <laughs> so it kind of kind of made me think he was a little bit of hypocritical. I get and, it. Like when he went when he went to the TNA thing, I it was just uh, I don't know. Like uh, just there's just been a few things. Some of his political posts I didn't really care for. Um, yeah, but I mean, I still, I mean, you can't take away what he's done in wrestling and uh i want to like him more than i do now just personally but i loved his mankind character back at the time yeah I, I, it was such an innovative character and i, I yeah, really did like, like it just um and i knew he was cactus jack because i watched uh, i would watch wcw occasionally but it he uh took me out of it and when he beat the undertaker at king of the ring was amazing he like beat the undertaker with a mandible claw yeah and even the mandible claw was awesome yeah <laughs> what, like I, that was a great move when he does it. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> next was our pal uh, Too Cold Scorpio, aka Flash Funk, who was so funky. Well, they made sure that that him, the you knew him and Terry Funk weren't related. In yeah, this match. That's, that's crazy. <laughs> uh, he he was eliminated a few minutes later after Vader debuted uh, in the in the Royal Rumble, which I thought uh, that was a good placement for Vader, especially considering one his physical his character into yeah. his, his the shape that he was in at the time. Uh, twenty eight was a good spot. Uh, your favorite wrestler of all time, Henry O'Godwin, was twenty nine. That's right. Seeing uh, Henry Godwin in there, I forget sometimes how big he is. Big dude. He's as big as Vader. Just every bit as big. Yeah. I think he could have been. Uh, he might be on Mount Rushmore. I'll tell you. No, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> the Undertaker was number 30, which was an incredibly fitting place. Uh, you want that 30 spot to be impactful. You want it to make sense. Uh, yeah, this, it's not the sp- so like God Braun Strowman or somebody will probably be thirty this year. Um, usually, it's a spot where you put somebody in who where you don't want them to get exposed for uh, not being that great. But in the Undertaker's case, uh, he, he's such an important character. One, two, he did he did get beaten and uh, ostensibly may have been banged up. Two, but also just the fact that he has such presence, making him number thirty was great. Yeah, um, I, there's been a few years where the number thirty, you're like, really? Yeah, like it'd be like somebody like uh, Salvatore Sincere. You're like, what? What? 
Why do you put him at number 30? I know. Yeah. Uh, so within short order, like uh, this was, I guess, what, about 43, 45 minutes in. The whole, the whole uh, Royal Rumble show only went like five minutes. So within short order, basically, we were down to The Undertaker, Steve Austin, Bret Hart, and Vader being in the ring. Uh, well, actually, Fake Diesel was in there, too. Fake, oh, yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> but after Mankind and Terry Funk uh, got eliminated, they were brawling on the outside. And both all the referees were over there. And, and Bret Hart just like took and fake, chucked uh, Steve Austin over. Yeah, was that was he before or after Fake Diesel? Uh, he was actually before, because I remember thinking, "Well, Fake Diesel should be in that Final Four pay per view." Yeah, yeah, he's, he's so great. Uh, so, <laughs> so, so Steve Austin uh, gets thrown out uh, because of the distraction. The rest didn't see it. Steve came back in, and Steve eliminated Fake Diesel and Brett. No, I think uh, Fake Diesel was eliminated right after Austin, and then. Uh, Austin came in and dumped out uh, Vader and Taker. Oh, that's right. Brett eliminated Diesel over on the other side. Mm -hmm. And as soon as Brett eliminated Diesel, uh, Austin came over and And chucked him out. And chucked Brett out. One of the best uh, Royal Rumble finishes, I think, of all time. Of all time. And at that, Brett was pissed off. And Brett, of course, went and um, complained to Vince. Which, why would he do that? Why would he go talk to the announcer? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think if I knew Vince McMahon was the owner by that point. I I don't remember. I knew it, but it wasn't like, it was like, oh, he just owns the company. You know, it's like, it's not, he doesn't run <laughs> everything. He just owns it. That was kind of like my, uh, my, gosh, I guess at this point I would have been 17. Like my 17 year old mind just thought he owned the company that was it and he other people like gorilla monsoon ran the place for him yeah because i think this was still pre-internet for me um because i was still calling the wrestling hotline to find out results on pay-per-views i didn't get yeah this was pre-internet for me i didn't actually have internet at home until 1998 so uh this was definitely pre-internet for me so yeah i can't remember if i knew i, I probably did i knew he, I, from the steroid trial i knew he owned the company oh yeah that's right i forgot about that but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't know to what extent he actually ran things. Uh, yeah. But yeah. So uh, Brett uh, basically got pissed off, and uh, at the next pay per view, it was uh, what Brett, Steve, Vader, and Taker. Yep. Yeah. Sean lost his smile. Yeah. God. God. <laughs> God. 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 Sean lost his smile. Um. Actually, he lost the uh, will to want to do a job. I think that's pretty much what it was. Pretty much. Which led to uh, Steve did not get his title shot at Mania. He got it at that pay per view, and yeah, it was uh, um, that was a really cool setup too. That whole that was a good match. Um, it was pretty brutal and bloody, but I loved um, how they set up uh, Brett and Austin up until WrestleMania for this. Yep, that was this was great setup. It was it was the setup set up for probably the most important match in Steve Austin's career even i would say yeah. even more important than his match at wrestlemania uh 14 in 1998 uh maybe i would say it's a, it it's it, it would be a close second if it's not the most because it pretty much it pretty much propelled him toward being the most popular wrestler in the uh in the company yeah because i remember like um i think it was the raw a week bef- week or two before wrestlemania where sean or brett wrestled sid in a title for a steel cage and Austin was trying to come out and help him win. And then, like, Undertaker came out and helped Sid win. Because whoever won would get to go to the main event in WrestleMania for the title. And uh, somehow, Brett got screwed. And then... Did, um, did Brett screw Brett? Is that what happened? Yeah, pretty much. But Brett, yeah, he uh, he went on that tirade, if you remember, when he mm-hmm. pushed Vince McMahon down. Mm-hmm. Didn't we talk about and that, that on the like, episode, or am I misremembering? I thought that might... I don't think so. Okay. I don't think we talked about that. Let's not. I, I'm like, oh, let's talk about it. No, nothing. <laughs> yeah, nothing more from this, the rest of the show. Nothing more from this era. <laughs> if we could just watch that point, yeah. Maybe we could do like uh, we'll watch like important moments in wrestling history. Yeah. There, so we can yeah. kind of pear, cherry pick. Yeah. But um, oh yeah, I remember when that happened and Bret Hart went on that tirade. I remember I was like, whoa. Like he just pushed down Vince McMahon. Uh, now he's cussing. Like it was just like th- things are about to get real, man. 
So, uh, so this this was a good uh, this was a good rumble for the lack of star power it had. Yeah, they did everything right. It wasn't too long, um, and all the guys that all uh, Austin pretty much eliminated all the the little guys. You know, this really got Austin over even more so. Uh, and again, it, it was a great setup for the match that he and Brett would have at WrestleMania. Yeah. Uh, unfo- yes. unfortunately we would get another Sid match at WrestleMania. <laughs> Sid and Undertaker. I don't know if I've ever even watched that match. I watched it live. Uh, I remember, I remember being at my brother Steve's house watching WrestleMania, uh, 13. Uh, well, I watched the whole card, but I don't think I watched, I think I must've turned it off after the Sid. I remember so. the two things I remember from three things I remember from that pay-per-view was the Chicago Street Fight. From the Chicago Street okay. Fight, there was the comments like, well, this is everything but the kitchen sink. Then they brought out the kitchen sink. Uh, <laughs> uh, then, like, the Steve Austin-Bret Hart match, which was a classic. Oh, my God, it's one of the greatest matches ever. And, of course, the title match, which was terrible. Yeah. Terrible. Well, this, uh, yeah, look, uh, Sean ended up uh, vacating the title pretty shortly after this on a Thursday Raw. Yeah. That's where he gave the uh, Lost My Smile pro- uh, promo promo and uh i remember um because my friend was a big Shawn michaels fan and uh we would i would have like raw nitro on two different like my tv living room i'd have one and then my parents bedroom i'd have the other one and uh i'd call my friend um he's gonna hate if he he knows the story's getting out there let's just say his name starts with a j and uh when Shawn michaels did that lost my smile promo I called him because um, we would call at intermediate points when something big would happen. Mm-hmm. And his dad answered the phone. I was like, I'm going to talk to Johnny. He's like, oh, he, he can't talk right now. And he's laughing. I'm like, why? He's like, because he's crying. And uh, I'm like, oh, he's crying. He's like, yeah. And I can hear Johnny in the back room going, shut up, I am not. <laughs> like, that he is was awesome. <laughs> and I just said his name. Well, that's fine. He he deserves it because he had the Shawn Michaels jean jacket. So <laughs> that's pretty great. Uh, but yeah, that's... I, I teased him mercilessly about that. He sounds like he deserves so... it. Uh, oh yeah. Okay, that was that was the pay per view. So next week we're going to be talking about our Mount Rushmore podcasts. So the things we're definitely talking about, we we we're still working this out. We're definitely going to talk about our Mount Rushmore of wrestlers, which is the greatest wrestlers of all time. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, our Mount Rushmore of managers because that's important we're going to talk about our mount rushmore of tag team uh wrestler or tag teams um and if you don't know don't know what mount rushmore is i mean maybe read a history book or read a geography book you really should it's a national uh it's it's basically it's a memorial in the national park in south dakota uh run american yeah, if you don't know but the whole gist of it is you have uh four presidents on it uh who were at the time epitomized as being the greatest presidents, you know, maybe debatable now, but it was uh, Washington Jefferson, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, and Abraham Lincoln. But, and sometimes Cobra Commander and Dr. Doom. That's true. But uh, basically, they could only fit four people there, so that's who they, that's who they put. Uh, we, we got we got four presidents on it, so who's going to be on the Mount, you know, Mount Rushmore of wrestling? You, you can only pick four, so we're going to have a couple different categories. It cuts it down pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so, so it would actually be eight for tag teams. Well, no, it's four tag teams. Eight, eight, eight heads. Yeah, eight heads. So. Maybe, maybe just like their logo or something. Or maybe just cut their head and ha- like put like half the face on. I think you know you're, I think I think you're overthinking it. <laughs> a lot of chiseling. A lot of chiseling. Uh, but we're going to talk about that next week. So uh, one thing I love about doing this is that you and I disagree a lot. So I think it'll be a good chance to uh, to uh, disagree. So. Yeah, it'd be boring if we agreed if, on it. I know, I know, right? Okay, so uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Take Four Wrestling. It's Take the Number Four Wrestling, uh, and you can find us on, uh, you know, iTunes. And you should, and you should find us there. And when you find us, you should one subscribe, and two leave a review. We absolutely desperately need your reviews, and we need you to subscribe. It means a lot. If you don't use iTunes, if you're on an Android phone or something uh there are lots of great apps to do that and if you go to our website at tfradio.net slash take four um there's links where it can take you to the appropriate place to subscribe based on whatever platform you're on 
And uh, you can find all of the shows on our network at tfradio.net and on Facebook at facebook.com slash tfradio and on Twitter at tfradio. I am personally at bkilby on Twitter and at Brian Kilby on Instagram. I'm throwing a lot of links out your way, so hopefully you're jotting this down. Uh, call the hotline for more information. Well, you can just you can get it all there. So make sure one nine hundred nine zero nine ninety nine hundred. Oh God, I, that 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 number is just etched in my brain. Uh, I'll have to call it and see who answers. How do people get a hold of you, JT? You can get a hold of me at uh, tfradio.net slash hogg. Also, you can get a hold of me on Twitter at jt underscore hogg, and uh, you can give me a call at one seven. <laughs> well, you know, probably don't want that. Uh, and, of course, that tfradio.net slash H-O-G-G links you out to uh, your Facebook fan page for JT That's Hawk. That's right. And, and I'm most active on there. I'm not very I'm not very Twitter-fied. I do more on Twitter than anywhere else at this point, so I'm pretty happy with that. Uh, hey, and also make sure if you uh, buy anything on Amazon, do it through our website. Go to tfradio.net slash Amazon. Bookmark the link that it takes you to. And uh, you'll be able able to uh, do your shopping through our referral link. Anything you buy on Amazon won't cost you a cent more, but Amazon sends back a little bit our way to help pay for the show. And all of our shows. Get yourself a four-armed Brock Lesnar figure. Yeah, oh, gosh, the zombie, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the uh, Steve Austin uh, figure arts figure, which looks really awesome, is uh, going to be shipping soon from Amazon. So I think it's like um, it's 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 a super premium action figure. I think it's like 60 bucks. It's uh, really awesome, though. Well, if you're going to have a, if you want like the ultimate Austin figure, I imagine that'll probably be it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm waiting for the Henry Godwin figure arts figure to come out. I'll be waiting a while, probably. Uh, actually, it's $53. Ooh, good price. There's also a, a, a rock figure as well. It's coming out. Totally worth that. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Mount Rushmore of podcasts. We're going to be podcasting like mad about the top tag teams top wrestlers all that it's gonna be awesome i already know there's some contention between us and tag teams yeah we've already i know we've already argued a little (laughs) bit about this i'm really excited about it uh well people out there thank you for listening jt thank you for being here we'll catch you guys next week on take for wrestling episode 25 bye-bye